0: Welcome, naughty and nice, to the Inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers Electronic Storytime. Tonight's story is our Christmas special presentation of Grave Tidings. Now bring us some figgy pudding, bring us some figgy pudding, bring us some figgy pudding and bring it right now, as I turn you over to the Brimblebanks Brothers themselves, Bentley and Jameson Brimblebanks.
1: Jameson, I've noticed your dress differently today. A green vest with white lines on it instead of your usual black. And your top hat has a sprig of holly in it.
2: Well, I was feeling festive. I just
1: love this time of year,
2: especially when the snow and the moonlight makes everything so peaceful.
1: Don't you? Well, I suppose I love this time of year, but I'm not sure I like Christmas here, in the graveyard. Oh, but Christmas in the cemetery can be a wonderful thing. Jameson, you spend your Christmases with me at Brimblebanks Manor. Yes, we take our short and rather morose trip here each year. But I don't think you could have been spending holly-jolly Christmases
2: in the cemetery without me knowing about it. Well, no, I haven't been. But could it be possible you don't know the story of Christmas in this cemetery? Is that happy Christmassy guitar music? And are those sleigh bells? Sing along, won't you? Late in December comes a most special day With families together and children at play
1: With presents and music and a fine dessert spread. But what, I must ask, is Christmas like for the dead? Oh, it's it's Christmas time in the cemetery. No one is living and no
2: one is merry. There is no plum pudding nor glasses of cheer. Just old rotting corpses and plenty of
3: fear.
2: There aren't any chimneys for Santa to come down And he's certainly not digging six feet underground So no one leaves out cookies
1: for him to chew But when you're here, worms may start chewing on you
2: Oh, it's Christmas time in the cemetery It's best to be careful and smart to be wary It's hard for the dead and worse for the living Who end up like turkeys on
1: headless
3: Thanksgiving
2: There isn't any
1: tinsel or lights on the trees. Just Aunt Edna's corpse from when she got that
2: disease. No sounds of old oh, thanks for that present you gave. And no one built snowmen right next to a grave. Oh, it's Christmas time in the cemetery What should be sweet is a little bit scary There aren't any sugar plums dancing in dreams Just shivers on skin when you hear distant screams It's sad for the living and worse for the ghosts But this year one ghost girl feels sadness the
1: most But before we meet her... We start with the sound of sleigh bells being shook by a cheerful animal with short brown fur. A reindeer? No, a squirrel. And I'm sorry, it's not sleigh bells, it's just one. One sleigh bell pulled off a wreath that had been left by a tombstone, now mesmerizing a tiny squirrel.
4: So shiny. This is like the shiniest acorn I've ever seen in my frickin' life. I can see my face in there. Ah,
2: I recognize her now. It's Chilp de Dilp. Our favorite squirrel, about to try to bite into a jingle bell.
4: Ow! Ow! Okay, that is cruel. Who is leaving these fake shiny acorns all over the place? That's like the eighth one that got me.
1: She tossed the bell aside and it rang merrily as it bounced off a headstone. And then she heard another sound. Hmm. Despite her aloof demeanor, tiny heart, and currently large appetite, Chupty Dilp was a
2: compassionate squirrel. Curious, too. And so she bound through the snow in the direction of the strange, mournful sound. And there, at the bottom of the hill, she found Allison. Sitting on a gravestone, dangling her hazy, transparent legs.
1: Transparent, as you might guess, because Allison was a ghost.
4: Hey, kid.
5: What's eating ya? Well, I'm dead for, I'm dead one. for one. And it's Christmas, Christmas Eve, too. Eve. My first Christmas Eve since I... since I... Oh my god, you're a talking squirrel!
4: Yeah, things are weird all over. You learn to just roll with it. I'm to Dill, by the by. I'm Allison. Pleased to meet you. So, you're sad because it's Christmas.
5: And I'm dead. I'm dead. No carols, no decorated tree, no special dinner, no presents, no
4: roasted almonds. Oh, man, that last part
0: sounds rough.
4: But I gotta ask, only because I don't know much about humans, you're listing all the things you aren't getting this Christmas. Isn't Christmas supposed to be about giving?
2: Yeah. Allison looked around mournfully at the empty, bleak, snow-covered cemetery.
4: I would
5: love to give something to someone for Christmas, Chilp. Who am I going to give to? Give me nuts! Well, that's the mother problem, isn't it? I'm a ghost. I don't have anything. No money, no body, no ability to leave the cemetery. Even if I found a nut, I couldn't pick it up, let alone wrap it. This his excuses.
2: Suddenly, there was a series of loud and raucous cries and shrill laughter that grew rapidly closer, and a group of terrifying knee-high goblins came tearing down the hill toward them, whooping and slobbering. They were colored in all the colors of the rainbow, if rainbows were made exclusively from snot. Snot not rainbow. They had long noses and vicious little claws and tufts of bristly hair. They were carrying heaps and piles of something, and it fell about them as they ran, and they were running right at them.
5: No, not these guys again. Time to play!
4: Time to play! Garbage the ghost! Garbage the ghost!
1: <laughs> Chip quickly pulled her tail out of the snow and looked up in alarm at the raucous mob of short monsters, and in a dash, she was up the pine tree behind the
2: tombstone. Allison, who had less to fear from corporeal beings, even miniature monstrous corporeal beings, stayed where she was and watched the coming onslaught. One of the goblins in
1: front cocked back his spidly arm and hurled the mess of garbage, old styrofoam containers with bits of moldy food still in them, some newspaper and a wet tennis shoe, all held together with some sort of awful
2: mucus right at Allison's head. Don't! She didn't even duck, and the garbage flew right through her face and into the tree behind her. Chilp observed this and scratched her fuzzy chin.
4: Say, that don't just give me an idea.
1: Chilp-de-dilp shot down the tree she was hiding in and quickly spun up the tree where the Hobgoblin's garbage landed.
4: Hey, pus Pumpers! Bet you can't hit me! We will hit you! We will get you! B- you off the tree! You Take a knife and slit you!
2: Garbage <laughs> is loud. <love.
4: laughs> Put your garbage where your mouths are, Hobgoblins! chilp de be careful! Look, these monsters might think they're quick, but they ain't squirrel-quick.
2: The rancid hobgoblins kept throwing garbage at Chilp de Dilp as she raced all around and up and down the tree, taunting them as she went. They tossed half crushed soda
1: cans at her, crumpled receipts, colorful candy wrappers, bits of broken glass, and empty soda cans.
2: When they ran out of garbage, they threw their own snot, of which they were capable of producing copious amounts. Great green globs of hobgoblin goob splattered against the
1: pines of the evergreen until the hobgoblins panting from overexertion, collapsed in the snow. Chilp de Dilp was barely winded and hopped off the tree.
4: You've been squirreled. Nice work, Chilp. You wore those pesky hobgoblins right out. And that ain't all, sister. Check out that tree. Get hype.
2: Allison stepped back to gaze again at the tree the squirrel had just been racing around. Chilp de Dilp had gotten the hobgoblins to toss the garbage in a nicely balanced display of color and weight all around the tree. And as their lobbed mucus began to
1: freeze in the frigid air, the whole tree glistened and twinkled in the moonlight. It was, in its own way,
4: rather lovely. It's a Christmas tree. It's not in trash covered, but it's the best what I could do on such short notice. I love, it. I love
2: it. Suddenly, darkness blocked out the moonlight and the glistening ceased. Shadows passed over them. Most of the little monsters scattered, screaming. But two of them, particularly exhausted after their exertions, rolled their eyes upward at the sky and fainted dead away into the snow with slimy little sounds. Allison and Chilp looked up to see a tattered, grey shroud billowing over them, and in the very air through which this spirit moved, it seemed to scatter gloom and mystery. Jameson,
4: what is that? I have never seen anything so scary. Allison, hide! Don't worry, I'll protect you. And with that, the squirrel
1: bound up the recently made Christmas tree. Allison stood confused for a moment. But as the terrible robed figure began to descend upon her, she took Chope's advice and hid behind a large, newly
2: installed tombstone
1: in front of an open grave.
2: Bentley, that figure thrills me with a vague, uncertain horror. Same. I'm certainly not as keen on being in the cemetery as I was.
1: And what's that? Another figure, smaller and wearing a nightgown, supine before the taller, unearthly figure and
2: pleading. For her life. I don't like this. Something is very strange. Time is... Quiet, Jameson. I'm trying to
1: hear. But I don't know what's going to
2: happen next. Well, that's because... Wait, hold on. Neither do I. Why don't we already know what they're going to say? Well, what's going to happen? Why is the story here and now? Did we go back to it? Did it come forward to us? Has time bent in on itself? This creature must be astoundingly powerful. It's perhaps best if we stay hidden as well and continue to
1: narrate. The creature raised a terrible arm with a terrible bony hand on the end and pointed to the newly carved gravestone already covered in snow. The very gravestone behind which the young newly dead Allison was hiding. Has he come for her? Was she never meant to be on this earthly plane haunting this cemetery? Has it come to retrieve her, the creature moved closer to the gravestone and to Alison. Oh my goodness. Benny, I don't think it's after Alison. I think that that. No!
4: Leave her alone, you monster!
1: Chilp, no! The squirrel leapt at the creature's awful hooded head. Leave her alone! Seeming to fold in on itself, the tattered, shrouded figure drew inward and was gone. Chilp, the brave little squirrel finished her leap through the now-vanished spirit and landed with a quiet pilf on a
2: snowbank. We've destroyed the ghost of Christmas yet to come, said my brother. Bentley, our story has killed part of Dickens' story. The spirits of Christmas choose one lost soul to redeem each Christmas Eve, and we just witnessed it
5: and royally screwed it up. Screwed it up? I screwed something up? Something. How can you be a ghost who's entirely alone and can't touch anything and still screw something up? My brother
1: ran up to the woman in the nightgown. She was in her late fifties, and her hair was pulled back tightly. She looked around, bewildered. You there! The
2: gates of the cemetery is that way. What will you do when you get home?
5: Well, I probably won't go home. I'll go to the office. It has been such a night. I've seen my childhood in the beginning and ending of my love life. I saw many Christmas parties and poverty and hunger and got swooshed to a cemetery by that hooded skeleton. Boy, those ghosts
1: find a formula and they
5: stick to it. My nerves are on edge. I Suppose I shall go to my office and make a cup of tea and... and count my money.
2: What? No!
1: Look here, look. And with that, my brother ran to the gravestone behind which Allison was hiding and vigorously brushed snow off of it. But beneath the snow was only smooth marble because the stone had not yet been carved. The woman had been meant to have seen some gravestone in the future. But now... With the ghost of Christmas yet to come vanquished, they were back in the present, and the stone was entirely unmarked. Blast! Bentley,
2: this woman's soul shall remain unsaved, and the purposes of the great Charles Dickens and the spirits of Christmas thwarted. Because of us! Us? Oh no. We have interrupted their work. We did? Fine.
1: You. Me? You seem to have confused me with a squirrel.
2: Again. Again. Yes! It was your idea to put that ridiculous rodent in the story again!
4: Whoa, hold on now. This guy I do not like. Don't
2: you march off, girl? Get back here! I said, what in the world would Chilk be doing in the cemetery? Is she dead? You said, oh, squirrels can go anywhere. She's just looking for nuts. And now, catastrophe! I'm you're gonna bring Annabelle the vampire back despite my protests. Annabelle managed to be in two whole stories without dis
5: Um, them. hello? Or- Okay then. Well, I'll just be making my way back to my office. Wait, Wait.
4: Allison.
5: We gotta fix this. Gotta fix this. Wait. Wait. A ghost? Or another one? I thought it was through. Which ghost are you? I'm the ghost of. I'm Allison. Carla. I've already seen the past and the present and the future, young lady. The spirits have done their work. What else is there to show me? You've been through the past, the present, and the future, and now it is done. You are done. Sorry. You're dead. Your life flashed before your eyes one last time, perhaps to give you a final chance to redeem your wasted soul. Or maybe it was just the meaningless electrical impulses of an expiring brain. Either way, here you are, with me. That's your grave there. Your coffin is already inside. Look, the earth will be filled in the morning. They'll carve your name on the stone soon. No! I'm afraid so. No, please, no! Why would I lie about this? Uh, What is that slimy, terrible creature? Oh, yeah. garbage. garbage.
4: Garbage!
5: Garbage. Love That thing and his unconscious friend there are the minions of the um, devil. Come to take you with them. There's no escape now.
3: Yeah.
5: And garbage? Please give me another chance. That isn't mine to grant. These minions will take you away. Just just let me write one check. There's a child that needs my help. I need to help her before I die. And then just let me go to one Christmas party and see my niece. And then if I need to die, then I'll have... To... Yeah, me, oh my god, it's my ankle! Yeah. Go. go! I can only hold them back so long. I may be able to buy you one night before they come again. Or maybe more. But they may return for you at any time. Make it count, Carla. Don't waste your precious time alive. Run! Oh, I will. Oh, thank you, spirit. Oh, thank you, spirits. Thank you, thank you. I will not waste the lessons you've
4: pretty cool, kid. (laughs) No, it was. You made her mortality real. You gave her urgency. You scared the living bejesus out of her.
5: I don't
4: know. Listen, you don't got a lot left in this world. I know. But everything you do got left, you gave to her.
5: Well, well, I guess. guess.
4: Fine. Fine. It was a Christmas Christmas gift. This Christmas biz is really a big deal to you humans, isn't it?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
4: what did you like most about it?
5: You know what? what? I think think the anticipation. anticipation. My brother was older than me, and I would always always wake up first on Christmas Christmas morning. morning. I'd walk into his room and wake him up and say, Let's go! Let's go downstairs and see what Santa brought for us! But he'd want to sleep longer. After doing this a couple of times, I would just cuddle up next to him, and we'd talk about what the day had in store, what presents we hoped we might get, what treats we look forward to eating, that kind of thing. That was my favorite part. That
4: kinda nice. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a short conversation with my brother. What presents do you hope you'll get? Nuts. What do you want to eat? Nuts. What do you want to sing about? Nuts. I bet there are a lot of Christmas songs about nuts. Well, there's one actually, but I
5: think that's it.
4: That's it. What? There should be a hundred. That's all I'd want to sing about. I'd be all a one and a two and a one, two, three, four. This time of year, there's a story at here. Set to music called Nutcracker sweet. But I'm telling you, all that I want to do is find the nuts I hit so's I can eat. There's something I need to get off my chestnut. I love to eat the cheapest to the best nuts. Another fact, it's certainly not a rumor. I really have a corny sense of humor, <laughs> a corny, get it? All I want for Christmas is nuts. Don't want to hear no ifs, ands, or buts. I got you a present, but don't you go sneaking. I'll eat it myself if I cashew pecan. <laughs> cashew pecan. Searching around is driving me up the walnuts. I just want to eat each every and all nuts. I figure now that life is just a beach. That's a kind of nut. But hear my plea when I to be beseech. Alright, here we go. Get hype. All I want for Christmas is nuts. Don't want to hear no it says or buts. Don't eat any of mine because if I catch you, I will be, just be so precise. Pistachio! Pistachio? Yeah, that doesn't work. Okay. Oh, all I want for Christmas is nuts! Oh, I'm nuts. (laughs) Chilka-dilp, that
5: was delightful! (laughs) certainly an unconventional Christmas carol.
4: Yeah, well, I am an unconventional kind of gal. So you feeling better than you were?
5: I never feel very good, honestly, but I guess better, better. sure. 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 Though in a way, sadder. Sadder? Heavens to hazelnuts, lady, what does it take? I wish I was Carla. That old bag? Why? She's on her way to a big, warm, happy Christmas feast with her niece, and...
4: Ghouls!
1: Six creatures approached that looked more like emaciated, mostly dead humans, with faces of awful huge, wild dogs who had been messily and somewhat muddily shaved
2: with butcher knives.
4: First goblins and now ghouls?!
5: They must have been drawn here by the open grave. WHY?!
2: They came sometimes on all fours, sometimes on two legs, leaping and bounding, howling and growling, carrying long femur bones as clubs and gnashing their scum-crusted
4: teeth. It's my tail. Why don't I have the life of a normal squirrel?
1: Chilp made to run, but the ghouls were upon them in an instant and then bound over Chilp and through Allison, and three of them landed right inside the open grave.
5: They're not here for us. They've no interest in ghosts or squirrels. What do they want?
2: To eat. Chunks of coffin lid flew up and out of the hole.
4: The calmness, Allison. I can't take this!
1: Ah, ah! Suddenly the last remaining hobgoblin, who'd still been unconscious on the ground, or perhaps only faking it, snapped awake and reached out for Chilp, snapping its mismatched jagged teeth.
4: Whoa! 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 whoa man!
2: Chilp spun, back quickly up, just out of the range of the teeth, and tumbled into the open grave!
4: oh mulberry seeds. Oh, God, Mama, hit me with a truck, please. Oh, God, so gross. Oh. Oh, get me out of here.
1: Suddenly, the coffin rose up out of the ground, with Chilp still inside. It was lifted off by two ghouls. They jumped out of the grave.
4: My claw stuck on his waistcoat button. Mama Mia, oh, my nuts in heaven. Somebody help me. Chilp.
2: Chilp. And with that, the coffin was being spirited away across the cemetery, followed by the howling, gnashing, horrifying ghouls. The ghouls took Chilp, still attached to the dead body, inside the coffin, to their favorite crypt, a huge underground mausoleum down a stone flight of stairs. Inside, torches glowed warm and bright.
1: Alison slowly floated down the stairway, hoping to rescue her friend, but unsure how to do so, and she couldn't touch her or anything else.
2: Inside the tomb, the coffin was placed on a large stone table, and around it was holly, like a festive garnish. The ghoul stood, sat, and crouched around the table, drooling and bouncing expectantly. The two things she had going for her, she hoped, were silence and
1: surprise. But when she reached the bottom of the stairs, every shaved, doggish human face in the room
2: looked up at her at once and cocked its gruesome head. At the head of the table, one of the smaller ghouls leapt up on its chair and performed a sort of bow.
1: Merry Christmas,
2: he yelled. The other ghouls howled and growled and
1: roared in agreement. (laughs) We saw you outside while we were getting our feast, and we invite you. To join us for Christmas dinner.
2: Alison <laughs> was so horrified that she could not find words to answer and only stared wide-eyed. The ghoul leader leaned toward her a little and said in a somewhat quiet voice, No one should be alone for Christmas after all.
1: Alison still could not answer. She could not read the intention behind his voice because he sounded so horrid and twisted. We've all been human once. You, me, many of these who can no longer speak, but once they could,
2: if they could again, they would, each and every one tell you, they remember a terrible Christmas alone. The ghoul leader smiled a fanged and rancid smile, and Alison shuddered. Suit yourself. Then...
1: Brothers, friends, fiends... Breathe in the sickly aroma of fresh and fresh and wasted life. Raise a cup of fermented bile and gratitude. We thank mighty Death for this feast before us and for those close to us to share it. We thank the soul who departed and forgot to
2: take with him the very best part. Chilp suddenly stuck his head out of the coffin and saw Allison standing by the wall. Allison? Help? Dig in! stove oh, yeah. at the coffin is one. Unfortunately, even over the roar, one could hear the squishing, tearing, rending sounds of a human body being torn apart by claws. Two arms quickly made their way up and out of the coffin. The formal tuxedo shredded off them and teeth juicily pressed through the skin to the flesh beneath. Many of the ghouls seemed
1: indiscriminate, reaching into the coffin and pulling out handfuls of whatever they could reach. One small ghoul crouched at the very centre of the coffin, saying to himself, over and over, like a mantra,
0: Gallbladder, 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 gallbladder!
2: Perhaps nothing was worse than when pieces of face started to emerge from the coffin. Each piece, one part of a jigsaw puzzle that had it been possible to reassemble, would have made the most ghastly expression imaginable. Then one of the ghouls, hoping to get a piece of breast meat, grabbed
1: the cowering Chilp in his feet and claw and ripped her off the waistcoat where she'd been snagged. He tossed the squirrel back behind him and Chilp landed at Allison's feet.
4: Hey, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Everyone always says, Chilp, you sure ain't so jittery for a squirrel. Nope, nope, nope. Well, this should fix that. I <laughs> almost got eaten alive. If that ain't a kick in the
2: Allison didn't back up toward the stairs. Instead, she walked forward. Forward the table and the gruesome Christmas feast.
4: Uh,
1: kid? She walked right up to the table, and a silence fell over the room as all the ghouls looked up from their slobbery dinner and cocked their heads at her. Then, one of the ghouls pulled back a chair.
2: She looked at the ghoul leader for a moment, then walked to the side of the chair and delicately sat down. A genial ghoul slid the chair back up to the table, the stone grinding and echoing in the silent room. A cheer rose up. A few ghouls came up
1: closer to her and laughed merrily in her face, and someone threw an ankle with no foot on the table in front of her.
2: She could not, of course, eat or even pick the ankle up, but strangely... She was
1: touched. The messy Christmas dinner resumed around her. Body parts were passed generously from ghoul to ghoul. Laughter and yowling filled the air. Those that could still speak did so, and occasionally even to Alison. Those that could not speak barked and nipped and howled,
2: and many of them occasionally smiled awful smiles at her. She could not understand much of what was happening. She did not really know any of the ghouls there. The dinner was violent and raucous and not easy to take part in. But haven't we all had holiday dinners like that? She sat primly at her chair and looked around the table and occasionally smiled. And even when one of the ghouls told a joke, or when the dead man suddenly farted inside his coffin, everyone laughed, and Allison laughed too. All in all, it was not that different than how she felt at her own family dinners from when she had been alive. With, of course, one aspect missing.
1: After all, the point of Christmas dinner isn't what you're eating. It's whom you're eating with. And these ghouls had opened their home to her. Jameson, let's go join him. What? Why? Well, we're just standing here at the top of the stairway watching other folks have fun. When was the last time we got to
2: go to a party? At Halloween. We had a party at Halloween. Yes, but not since Halloween. I notice noticed how many of our parties involve dead people. Even when the Ashworths invite us over, they're always soon to be dead, which is much the same thing. And our own Christmas dinner is probably just going to be us and our dead aunt's dinner. Ugh. All the more reason for us to
1: go downstairs and have some merriment. Maybe we should get out more and meet some alive people. What are you on about? I'm going downstairs. I
2: swear, the Christmas spirit looks so odd on you. Brother, please don't eat anything! You do know how one becomes a ghoul, don't you? Oh, good lord. Put that down. Well, the party went on like that quite late into the night, and everyone, including my brother, had the kind of lovely time one remembers months and years afterward with a smile. Sometime before the party ended, Alison and Chilp slipped away from the table and up the stone stairs back into the night. And Alison was
4: smiling. Allison, mm-hmm. you okay? Yeah, I'm pretty good. You know, you're a lot darker and wilder than I thought you were when I first met you.
5: Well, I'm dead, Chilp.
4: I bet that's not when it started.
5: It's really not so bad that they eat human bodies. They dug up and ate mine months ago, and did it really hurt me? What was I doing with my stupid old body anyway, even when I was alive?
4: Dude, that's deep.
5: I guess. But yes, I feel good, Chilp. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but my first Christmas in the cemetery was actually kind of nice. And, Chilp, I have mostly you to thank for that. Rue. I mean, I got a real Christmas tree. I got Christmas carols, the spirit of giving, and a loud, happy family dinner. I honestly have had worse Christmases. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, let's go look at that tree for a while, okay?
4: Sure. Just, uh, let me catch up with you. I see some disturbed earth over there, and if it's not buried body parts, it might be a nut. I'll catch up.
2: Alison walked slowly toward the tree she could already see glistening in the distance. Her footfalls, if they could be called that, made no crunching sounds and left no print in the snow. And so everything was quiet, beautiful, and undisturbed. She sighed happily.
3: It's Christmas and I've got my pretty tree It's Christmas but there's no one here but me It's been fun but the day is almost through It's been fun but it's different without you the same, but it's fine. It's not the same, but it's mine. It's not the same, but it's fine. Christmas there's no point in being glum. I'd rather look ahead to Christmas yet to come. It's not the same but it's fine. It's not
2: She had reached the beautiful glistening tree of goblin snot and was smiling up at it when some movement caught her eye. She squinted into the darkness up at the top of a hill where she knew her own tombstone stood, and there standing before it was a dark figure. Silly ghouls, she said.
5: Hey, hey, you already ate me. Nothing to eat up there. Leave Leave it it be.
2: The figure did not turn to her or hurry away, nor did it seem to be digging at the ground. She started walking toward it, up the hill, toward her own grave in the slight dark figure in a navy peacoat. Tommy! She was running. Tommy! He had come. It was her brother, standing in front of her grave. She reached the top of the hill. She knew he couldn't hear her or see her, but he was there. Oh, he'd gotten taller. His hair was longer. He was just as pale, and his eyes were sadder but just as kind. Hey, sis. Had she been able to bite her tongue, she would have. It was so hard not to speak to him. I just wanted to say Merry Christmas.
5: I miss you. And I love you. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. And I made you something.
2: Allison covered her face as her transparent heart swelled. Tommy put a small present down by her gravestone. Then he walked over and sat down on a
0: nearby bench. Do you have time for one story, sis? The funniest thing happened at school last week. He told
2: his story. And it was funny. And for those that could hear her, her happy laughter rang through the cemetery.
1: Well, she sounds so cheerful.
2: Yes. We should let them have their moment. Let's go visit who we came here to visit. Good party? Wonderful. You didn't eat anything. Who can say? Bentley. Really, you should tell me if you ate something, because if you get ghouly and it gets out of hand, Bentley, I'm not visiting you in the cemetery, too. I don't know. Those ghouls are
1: rather good company. Might not be so bad being a ghoul and hanging out with them. Bentley. But not as good as company as my brother.
2: Thank you. I'd rather spend Christmas with you than a bunch of ghouls too. Merry Christmas, Bentley. Ah, well, we're here. So, Merry Christmas, Mortimer.
1: Yes. Merry Christmas, older brother.
2: We hope you are having a wonderful Christmas filled with stories and carols. Well, then. Then. To Brimblebanks Manor. We should get back before Cousin Lucinda arrives. She's on her winter break from college. Oh, it will be good to
1: see Cousin Lucinda. And peppermint ice cream. We're out of peppermint ice cream.
2: Some Christmas this is turning out to be. At least we get to leave here. Ah, yes. And Voxbot is probably ready with those special holiday cookies she always likes to make us. Oh,
1: God. She, She puts so much love into them. I wish that were all she'd put into them. Jameson, where did that squirrel get off to? I haven't seen her since the party.
4: I found a nut! I found a nut! It's a Christmas freaking miracle! Happy Christmas to all and to all a good. Ow! Ow! Freaking ow! The ninth freaking time! Hey, what's that?
0: You have been listening to the Inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers electronic story time presentation of Grave Tidings, or What Do You Get For The Girl Who Has Nothing, written by Justin Didovic and Brody H. Brocky and starring Brody H. Brockie as Bentley Brimblebanks and Justin Didovic as Jameson Brimblebanks. This month's story was brought to life by the voice talents of Leia Bauer as Allison, Hala Aloui as Chilp to Lisa Gavin as Carla, Peter Danica as Tommy, a Hobgoblin, and a Ghoul. Justin Vidovic as a hobgoblin and a ghoul, and Brody H. Brocky as the ghoul king. Christmas Time in the Cemetery was written and performed by Brody H. Brocky and Justin Vidovic. All I Want For Christmas is Nuts was written by Brocky and performed by Hala Aloe. Ghosts of Christmas Past was written by Brocky and performed by Leah Bauer. If you enjoy our stories and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. All our previous episodes are also still available at BrimblebanksBrothers.com. Alice and the Ghost first appeared in episode 11, Little Monsters, and Choked Adilp the Squirrel first appeared in episode 12, The Last Leaf. Until next time, this is the Voxbot 5000 for the Brimblebanks Brothers saying...
2: I could feel last time the guts dripping <laughs> off your... Arm. Okay.
0: Merry Christmas, everyone.